Well, good morning. It is great to be back with you again. I was, uh, I just love this congregation. Uh, the prayer time is so sweet to watch and also to receive those prayers. It's just, there's some beautiful ways in which you live together that really speak to my heart. We're going to be looking in Luke 11, but before we dive into that, I just one and uh, last week I was able to join you via live stream on worship and was just so powerfully touched by the ministry of both Brad and Matteo and and just really uh, it was both very meaningful for what I was sitting in in my own life and the way that God used uh, their uh, leading us in worship and in scripture into my own life but one of the things that Brad said also as I was wrestling with this passage for this morning was so helpful. When he talked about, let me see if I can find it, uh, parables as problems not to be solved, but mysteries to be embraced. And there's something in there that I'm like, okay, let me step back a little bit from my kind of we're going to solve this to receive it and to pray, Lord, help me to listen. So let's begin with that prayer together. Our gracious God, we give thanks for your word. We give thanks for each one gathered here and joining online. And so we pray that you would help us to create pause from how the ways we even approach scripture, that we might be, have ears to hear, that we would have hearts to receive, and that we would enter in and know the good gifts you have for us this day, for each of our lives and for our life together. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. One of the things when I'm reading scripture that I can get into the habit of doing is kind of the reading it with the assumptions of how I've always read it, and also reading it sometimes a little too quickly. Like, reading it and having like something in my head go, well, what was that all about? But I just keep going, kind of like driving over a bump in the road, right? Like, I'm just going to keep going. I think I, I, I think I know where we're going here, and we're just going to keep driving along. And yet, there is such amazing gifts for us in Scripture, in those very places where our heads go, what, what was that all about? We have this story today that was read for us so beautifully about the friend who goes to the friend on behalf of another friend. You, you, you get lost a little bit in all the friends there. And yet, somehow, when I've read this before, I haven't always paid attention to all the friend language. It, it, it was interesting to me to kind of go, oh, is there something in here that we're being told about what it means to be in relationship with one another in all this friend of the friend of the friend. Now, as I tried to get into this passage, I thought it's helpful sometimes to put names to it. So I thought about putting Brad, Mateo, and Joe on there. And I thought, oh, that might carry more message. Like, who gets to be the grumpy person who doesn't get up, right? I don't know. So I gave instead the names of Sam, George, and Jill. I don't know if is there any Sam, George, and Jill out there. If there is, I'm sorry, it's not about you. So here we go. Sam has been surprised by a friend named George arriving at his home in the middle of the night, worn out from his journey. 
George arrives in Sam's house and not only needs to stay the night, but is hungry. He comes with a lot of needs. Sam wasn't prepared for the guest, makes room for him for sure, but realizes he doesn't have the food. He doesn't have anything to feed him. Now, George wants to provide. And so, no, Sam wants to provide. I'm, I'm already lost in there. So, <laughs> Sam wants to provide. And he's pretty sure his friend Jill will have some bread. He goes to Jill's house and calls out. Jill, George is at my house and really needs food, and I don't have any. And Jill is like me, a little grumpy when I'm woken up with somebody demanding things. I don't know any other grumpy waker-uppers if you, somebody disturbs your sleep, but she's a little grumpy, and she says, don't bother me. Go away. We're all asleep. We're all settled in. We're all comfortable. Leave us alone. I'm not getting up to give you anything. And then my paraphrase continues of Jesus' commentary. Even if Jill will not get up and give bread out of friendship because of Sam's brashness, boldness, shameless audacity, Jill will get up and give as much as Sam needs to care for George. That, there's a lot in there. I, I think a quick drive, if I was to hit that speed bump and just keep driving, I would go, and this is how I think I've heard this passage, it's all about persistence in prayer. It's all about keep knocking on God's door and God will answer. Now, I think there is something about God answering in there. But I think if that's all I get out of that, I've missed something that Jesus is doing in this passage. Because remember, this is in the context in which the disciples have come to Jesus and said, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray. And then there's the Lord's Prayer, the Luke version of the Lord's Prayer that is offered in this passage, and then we have this parable. So it's within this context of certainly how to pray, but also how we are to be participants in prayer that I think I miss when I read all of this before. There's something to pause and ask some questions to ourselves as we ponder what's happening here. So here's one question I found myself asking. Where do I need to be bold in going to a friend in Christ and calling them from their sleep to hear about the deep hunger of another friend. I, let me ask that again, because I, 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 I keep asking this of myself all week. I'm still, I'm still wrestling with it. Where do I need to be bold in going to a friend in Christ and calling them from their sleep, their comfortable places, the way they're all tucked in, to hear about the deep hunger of another friend. Hmm. And then I asked this question of myself too, and still asking it. When am I the friend who is snug in my bed, comfortable in my rest, happy to stay out of the mess of someone else's need? When do I get grumpy having, grumpy having my comfort disturbed by the news of someone else's need? 
right? When am I resistant to hear that I have some resources that might be in response to the need of another? These parables, if we pause and don't just keep driving, can really mess with our lives and begin to call us into something we might not have heard before. One author described parables as stories to tease our minds to consider things we wouldn't otherwise be willing to consider. Like, okay, you're, if, if I'm just going to say this straight to you, you might not hear it, but if I tell you a story, where will you see yourselves in the midst of that story? There's something in here about the kind of friendship Jesus is calling us to have as disciples of Christ. There's something in here about when we pray, we are praying, seeking after God, but we're also committing that we are part of that prayer. We're all in. That, that who we are and what we bring into that prayer is also might be ways in which God will answer the very prayer that we bring before God. So there's something in here about even the assumptions of what this kind of friendship among disciples of Christ looks like, right? That we're a community of people who don't withhold what we have. We don't keep depths. We provide when people need bread. We as disciples and friends are bold in asking for things for each other and expecting and living lives in which we knock and the door opens. There's something in here about the kind of community that Jesus expects us to be, which is friends who see each other, who love each other, who care for each other. And that in that love and care for each other, we begin to be a light to the world, a people known by our love. This kind of friendship is, is unpacked in other places. In John, Jesus says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for one's friends. I mean, this friend language is so powerful. You are my friends if you do what I command. And of course, you know the one from John 13, where it says, I give you a new commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. That as we enter into the Lord's Prayer and we enter into being a people of prayer, that there is this call to be a people who embody that prayer, who live out that prayer, who are a witness to the world of the ways in which God answers prayer. There's something in there about prayer being both the words that we boldly say, but also the actions we're willing to take. And that has challenged me all week as I've wrestled with this passage. It reminded me of a story I'd heard a long time ago of someone who was really struggling with their sense that 
that they, they were holding on to things, clinging on to things, when, when God was asking them to give and be generous, that there was always this pulling back from that call. And, and she recognized that this was something God was wanting to work in, with in her life. And so she felt called to get some post-it notes and walk around her house with the, and put belongs to God on the post-it note and put it on all the things, on her, on her purse, on her checkbook, on her guest room, on the front door of her house, that she would be reminded that there is this call to be a people of generosity, a people of love, of grace, that that will be ultimately this witness. I remember a, a church I pastored, we had a young family that experienced a death in their family, and the church just surrounded them and cared for them in a, a whole bunch of different ways, and some financial need, and some food, and some ways in which we cared for the funeral uh, concerns, all of that. And, and that's just who we were, and that's what we were going to be doing. And, but the beautiful thing that was out of that was the family members that watched that happen. And the Sunday following the funeral, to have two of those groups of families show up at church and say, wait, I want to be part of a place that loves that way. I want to be part of a people who know how to show up for one another. There's something in this passage that is talking about being the friend of the friend of the friend of the friend and together to know we can boldly ask and knock and doors will be open. And they are truly even our physical doors of our homes. There's something in here that calls me to reflect on how to be a friend who really sees and shows up. And here's my confession. I cannot do that on my own. I can't do that by just saying, I'm going to be a good friend. To be the kind of friendship that I see being portrayed and being called into throughout scriptures in this particular passage, I can only begin to be if I receive, in the name of Jesus, the grace and the and the, and the transformation of heart to give in the ways of Jesus. Jesus, the one who both models and calls us to this kind of friendship. Jesus, the one who feeds the hungry, sees the hurting, forgives the sinner, lays his life down for his friends, for us. And so there's there's something that ultimately, as I'm called into seeing what God is calling us to be as a disciples, to be these friends who love and give, is points me back to the one who calls me into that and who can do it in me and in you and between us and through us in ways beyond our imagination. This passage is so often talked about being about persistence, but the word is actually this shameless audacity, this brashness, this boldness to pray. There, there's something 
in there that's a little more than I'm just because I'm such a, a, a loud person at the door knocking that God will eventually answer. There's something about an expectation that's built in there. That I have this shameless audacity. Why? Because I've been invited by Christ to pray this prayer, to live this prayer, to come before God in ways that I might think, who am I to ask the God of all creation to be at work in my life and the lives of others? But through Christ, through Christ, I can be bold and shameless and come and bring friends and myself before God. The story isn't that God is a reluctant responder, which I think is the undercurrent that sometimes I heard, right? That, that somehow God's like, all right, she's knocked enough, now I'll answer that door. I don't think that's the message in here. Because what I hear in here is think about the best expression of friendship that you've known, the most faithful of friends who has shown up for you. And what we're hearing is even more so, even more so, is God ready to be with you? work in your life, bring about new things in you and through you in the lives of others. There's something in there. When it goes on, it's, it goes into that parable about if you were a parent was being asked for a fish, would you give a snake? If they asked for an egg, would you give a scorpion? And then it says, if you know how to give good gifts, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? If you know how to do well by your children, how much more is God ready to do a new thing in you? And I think about even the places where I carry my children in such deep prayer, right? Every day, uh, I am praying over their lives. Even more so, is God our Father ready to pour out good gifts into your life and your life? in my life. There's something here that calls me to both be willing to be a, a participant in the prayer, but also one who trusts in the God who provides and hears our prayers. There's something about this call to shameless audacity, coming to our God in the knowledge that God loves us better than the best love we've ever known. I always have to let that sink in in new ways. Loves me in a way like my mom who would never forget my name or where I am or what I'm doing. One of the phrases we often use in communion, and Brad used it today actually, and now as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to pray. We are bold to pray. And in that shameless audacity to come and say, our Father who art in heaven, there is both this prayer that, God, you're at work in this world and among us and in us, and you can do this, and also it is a commitment that we will be part of this prayer. Right? Because you look at those words, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. That's willingness to let that kingdom come into my life and the way I live it. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. Jesus offers this teaching on prayer that we might be called to be bold. Bold in the way that we ask and bold in the way that we engage and bold in the way that we come before our God because we know of his great love. And because we know through Jesus, who is the friend par excellence, the friend who is the bread provider, the friend who forgives our trespasses, the friend who delivers us from evil, the friend through whom God's kingdom comes, the friend who lays down his life for others. So reminded of that hymn of the church that I grew up singing, what a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear, what a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit, oh, what needless pain we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. I was wrestling with this passage, I found myself renewed in my faith to be bold in bringing before God the friends of others, but also renewed in my trust that God is at work in the lives of those friends, and renewed in my commitment, Lord, if there's a way I can be part of the answer to the prayer, help me to walk faithfully with you all the way. Tato's going to lead us in that verse, and then Pastor Brad will close us out. But I pray that even as we sing this, you might bring to God those friends in prayer that may be stirred within you. And maybe it's a particular friend that you know is walking through a hard time, or it could be a friends as in a people group that you're like, oh God, hear our prayer. I keep carrying a friend of mine who's a refugee from Ukraine. Oh God, hear my prayers for her and all her church people. And then I'm praying, how might I be part of that answer in her life and the lives of these friends?